is a graphically novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're giving our listeners a Christmas present. Um, we had debated internally about whether to release this at a different time or whatever, but, um, you know, 2020, it's been a real special year. And we know that some of our listeners are probably in quarantine or maybe just under in a state with travel restrictions or in a country with travel restrictions. Weirdly, we still have tons of foreign listeners. Um, don't know how you found us. Glad you stuck with us. Um, but we're going to be releasing this on our normal time scale, uh, normal time frame, so that, um, you know, maybe we can, maybe this will help you get through Christmas a little easier if you've got, you know, something hopefully fun to listen to. We'll see how the episode goes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah, no uh, pressure or nothing. <laughs> uh, but I uh, just want to know we we appreciate you sticking with us and listening. And so this is a, a, a gift uh, to you all to you know, maybe help you get through <laughs> terrible Holiday years. Yeah. First of Christmas. We'll see how this goes for everybody. Uh, but we're doing one of Josh's picks, and I don't think that um, I don't think a defense is necessary. But Josh, tell tell us what you picked and what what we read, and explain your reasoning. All right, we read Batman, Volume 1, I Am Gotham. Uh, this was a blind pick. Uh, it had Batman on it. I looked through a couple pages. The art looked halfway decent, so that made it worthy of a pick for me. That was that was my defense. <laughs> I had not, I had not read this one. Batman. Yeah, Batman. It's hard to go wrong with Batman. I, halfway I, I, decent. <laughs> after well after all stars batman I, I i flip through before i just say okay it's batman it's worth reading like I, I i give it a visual look over first compared to all-star batman they should take these panels and hang them in museums <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's totally true i but, still uh, stand beside my pick i still like that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we got batman with a chainsaw so i mean it, yeah. it brought something to us that's it was a memorable panel. I just wish somebody else had drawn Batman with a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's, let's not review All-Star Batman. Let's review <laughs> Batman Volume 1, I Am Gotham. Um, and so it's time for the live-action Batman grades. And this is the part of the show where we give our spoiler-free grades based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live-action. Beginning with uh, Best to Worst, Bell, Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and Clooney. And I can't wait to see the Pattinson one. Um I want to see the move also. I want to see where he fits in that scale. And I can't wait to have another argument about yeah. <laughs> Batman grades again. He's going to be uh, on there. I, yeah. Uh, hopefully. We got that movie needs to get made. Um, okay. I'm, I have the, the privilege this week of going first. And uh, without being too specific, uh, I think the story is really interesting. Um, it's got some different angles than your typical Batman story that I, I really like. Um, the art is good. Um, better than Josh. Uh, described as halfway decent. Um, <laughs> but we are going to have to have a conversation about some aspects of the art. Um, the new characters bring a lot to the table. Um, so if you, it's not the usual cast. And so I, I'm not going to talk about, I mean, we're, we are trying to be spoiler free, but there are brand new characters and they're pretty interesting. So it's, it's worth looking into just to, to see them. It's not, it's not just the ones you've seen a hundred times. Um, I'm going Bale minus. I, I really, really like Man, this Man, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. Well. All right, Sam? I'm just a good, solid book. I liked pretty much everything about it, so I didn't go quite as high as you. I gave it an Affleck. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right in the same rage, Sam. I'm with you, Affleck. It it, it didn't wow me, but, man, it's a, it's a good, solid Batman story. Like I said, you get some new characters and stuff, so it, it is a fun read. Uh, not not the best Batman story in the world. I mean, it's not Quarter Bowl's Batman, but it, it's it's a good read. I mean, Affleck's good. Well, I mean, Quarter Bowl's is my favorite Batman story of all time. And so, <laughs> mm. um not not being the court of owls isn't like a big knock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Don't don't if if you're like a huge fan of court of owls and stuff like this, this is not in that level. I don't think. I think it's close. It's good. It, well, Affleck's pretty close to a bell. <laughs> it's yeah. right next door. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably not top five Batman stories, but it's probably top ten for me. I like it a lot. Obviously, I gave it a bell. Uh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> all right, so it's time for the creator credits. And once again, DC can't get their stuff together. 
Um, so it's written by Tom King, and the weird little opener that we're not going to talk about too much is by Scott Snyder. Um, the art. There's a lot of names here. Uh, David Finch, Mikey Jannon, Ivan Rice, Matt Banning, Danny Mickey, Sandra Hope, Scott Hanna, Joe Prado, and Eau Claire Albert. Eau Claire Albert is a, has a cool name. I don't know what he did. It's a cool name. Uh, colors were by the legend Jordy Belair, June Chung, and Marcello Mayalo. Letters by John Workman and Darren Bennett. And the collection cover artists by David Finch and Jordy Blair. And I think all of the main covers for the issues were all by David Finch. Um, good stuff. Right. Yeah. A lot of, lot of people involved. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> you done? Shut, shut, your, shut your face. All right. All right. It's time for the spoiler klaxon. And past this, it's full-on radioactive spoilers. Time for the bite size breakdown. All right, part one. A crazy person shoots a passenger jet, and it's going to crash in a crowded town square. But Batman ejector seats himself up to the plane and uses said ejector seats rockets to balance out and pilot the plane. He and Alfred have an emotional moment, and seconds before Batman is about to die, saving the city, the plane is grabbed and landed safely. Then Gotham and Gotham Girl introduce themselves and announce that Gotham is their city, and they are here to save it. All right, so I have uh, part two. It's Gotham and Gotham Girl are trying to stop Saul and Grundy. Batman swoops in and stops Grundy before he can kill a bystander. He then proceeds to tell them that they need to do a better job. Bob Castro goes to Gordon's office and confesses that he released Grundy. He then stabs himself in the neck and tells Gordon that the monster men are coming before he dies. Gordon turns on the bat signal. Uh, Gotham Girl, Gotham, and Batman show up. Gotham tells them what happened in his office and want to know if they have any information about the monster men. Gotham girl and Gotham say no, but want to help. Batman ghosted them while they were talking. Gordon tells them to get used to it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and I've shortened, instead of saying Gotham and Gotham girl several times, I just say the Gothams. So just the Gothams. I started calling call them twins, girl. but I don't, I don't think they're twins. Uh, they're not twins. Anyways, part three. Opens with a flashback of a young boy and his parents getting mugged. Batman steps in and saves the day and departs some wisdom. Flash to present, and we see the mugging was the catalyst of Gotham and Gotham Girls' origin story. Professor Strange blows up a bridge, and the Gothams step in to save the day with the help of Batman. Another bomb goes off, and the Gothams encounter Psycho Pirate and Professor Strange. Part 4. Batman finds a bunch of dead soldiers and a terrified Gotham girl. Then Gotham tries to stop one of the Monster Men bombers and accidentally gives him the courage to fire off the bomb. Back in the Batcave, Duke and Alfred are trying to comfort a terrified Gotham girl as Gotham and Batman begin their tussle. During halftime, Batman confronts Amanda Waller, and during their conversation, Batman realizes that Gotham solved a math problem he hadn't. Then Gotham murders the last living soldier in the Batman's face. Part 5 begins with uh, Gotham is going to destroy Gotham. Alfred is in the Batmobile and crashes into Gotham at 200 miles an hour and both walk away unhurt. The real Batman shows up to fight Gotham. He, he throat kicks him, tries to blow him off batarangs, and then drops the Batplane on him, but doesn't even slow Gotham down. Then the Justice League shows up to help. While Gotham is destroying the Justice League, uh, Gotham Girl is telling Duke where they got their powers from and how they work. Gotham Girls know they aren't going to stop, be able to stop stopping gotham girl flies in picks gotham up and squashes him like a bug on the street that kills him the end yeah she does she smacks him hard she squishes him it was bad (laughs) all yeah and then we got an epilogue and uh gotham girl is growing more and more unstable she continues talking to her dead brother as she fights crime around gotham batman tries to reach out to her but she won't listen he eventually calls her in with the bat signal and has a heart-to-heart with her about talking to their dead families. We wrap up with Batman making a deal with Amanda Waller to get info on where Professor Strange is. Did you think basically Batman was like, hey, it's okay to talk to dead people, just do it where other people can't see? Pretty, Pretty much, much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your name's Martha, too? <laughs> yeah, her cheese slid off her cracker and walked. she walked around on it for a while. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think bad. Batman was like, yeah, it's okay if your cheese is off your cracker. Like, just don't let it show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> a, I cope with it too. Stuff. Just keep talking to him. Just do it quietly. <laughs> you don't don't let your lips move. <laughs> Stick in the head. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That scene may come back up again later on. All right. It's time for the graphically novel pyramid. And this is our evaluation portion of the show where we talk about the three elements we believe a book needs to be a good graphic novel. And the first of these is story. And um, I think that the, the maybe the strongest part of this part of the book is the A plot, you know, the, the story with the Gothams. I think it's really well done. I think it really works. I mean, they're brand new characters. Um, and I feel like we get to know, like, especially Gotham Girl more than Gotham himself. We get to know who they are, what they're about. Um, there's some emotional parts to the story that I feel like they land. Um, I think we understand like what, like, why, why they're doing what they're doing, why, why they're on the crusade they're on, why they make the sacrifices they make. I feel like we get it. And in, in pretty short order, Tom King makes us care about them. Um, and I think also I really like that it shows, because like, the, the, the backstory, the origin stories are so similar, that it shows us how easy it would have been for Bruce to go bad too. I, so I really, I really, I really think that the A plot there really works really well. And also on that, you know, I, I do like it. And I was the psycho pirate what made Gotham go crazy, or was he already destined to go crazy? I mean, I know they made him like angry, but he took it out on the city. I mean, well, I, but I, but I think he's he's preying on emotions they already have. I think it's more have. like he's heightening, heightening them. That that was that was what what I gathered. Yeah, okay. that wasn't real clear. Uh, yeah, I, I was questioning that one. And then the other thing I had about the story was where they got their powers from, how they got their powers, and how come everybody else can't do that? Like they they didn't do the powers. I don't think they done the power. I like the power they have and how the powers work. I mean, every time they use their powers, if they use a little bit of it, it only takes a little bit of a life. But if they use a whole bunch of it, like they said, that he he could be godlike for hours, a couple hours, but it would kill him. Or he could just be like Superman for a few months or whatever and retire and still live 20 more years. So it really depends on how they use their powers for how long they would live. I thought that was pretty interesting, but don't, they never went into detail or explained at all how they got them or where they got the powers from. That, that's yeah, the only I, thing I, I didn't like in the story. Yeah, that and to me that, that leads to another complication with the stories. There's no way that Batman is rolling with a backstory that vague. I mean, this yeah. is a guy who's got everything planned out into the most intricate level of details. Mm. Um, he, I mean, this is the guy who's planning, you know, programs inside Cyborg just in case he goes bad. There's no way he's just like, hey, we got these weird powers in the East and just yeah. rolls with it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no chance he's okay with that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I figured they, would, they, would, they should have done something a little better with that. And then I still find it hard to believe that this Gotham guy just shows up, just got these powers, hasn't had them very long and mops the floor with the Justice League. I mean, you got Wonder Woman, Superman, all the big hitters are there, and he just makes them look silly. I mean, really. Like, he won't punch Superman, knocked him out. Like, that don't happen. Dudes, they couldn't even do that. I guess they said, you know, using their life force, they could be two years of Superman or two hours as a god. I mean, if he's the level above Superman, like Superman is above us, then, yeah, he could just waltz in and start whipping up on people. If that's... I mean, that's the true. categories are using that. It's, that's how I took it. To that's how I took it. He could only do that for a couple hours, and he was going to be toast anyways. They didn't have yeah. to kill him; just keep fighting him. Yeah, he would eventually die on his own. Yeah. Right. he's, well, he's on borrowed the, time. Well, I think the power he put out in that fight with the Justice League—I think he had about five minutes left before Gotham <laughs> yeah, took him out anyway. He was almost, I mean, it was interesting. It was cool. I mean, it's a cool scene. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Just nothing. I just—I don't know. Being a, a long time Superman and. Justice League and Batman fans, I find it hard to believe so some new guy to come in and just knock them around like that. I figured I should have put up a little better fight. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I ain't saying well, they couldn't act- do it. Yeah. That actually leads to my, my next point, my biggest complaint, is there's too much setup for future stories in here. And I, I think part of that, that last fight with the Justice League, was to do that with setup, to make us ask, okay, where did this come from? And surely we're going to find out. I mean, surely Batman's going to go figure this out, and maybe maybe that'll be how they solve you know Gotham Girl's long-standing problem. Because I mean, they drop a little hint that her and Duke are going to get married. 
well, we're going to go find out how to make her live long. I mean, get, have a long yeah. life. And so we're, so I think that was part of that fight was to set up like, this is really mysterious and make us care about that mystery. So we'll read, you know, volume 13 or whatever to find out. <laughs> But there was a lot of there, but there was there was a lot of setup in here, like little stuff, like um, like the Task Force X stuff. That didn't really matter for this story. It was set up for later. All the stuff with the monster men was real was set up, um, and some of it felt pretty clumsy. Um, not 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 distractingly so. Like it didn't make me. I mean, I still gave this book a bail, but I mean, it didn't. It felt it felt kind of clumsy. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I was going to ask about that monster man. They had numerous people saying that. I thought that was Psycho Pirate had corrupted those people to make them do acts of terrorism or something. I, I thought Psycho Pirate or Professor Strange in the end was behind that. I thought that's he had made them afraid of something so they would blow stuff up. No, they, they, no they were setting up an event. Um, oh, right. okay. I, I think after um, I'm Gotham or... I think it's right after I Am Gotham. There's a big crossover between Bat- the Batman book, Detective Comics, I think Nightwing, and Batwoman. There's like four or five books, and it's a big crossover. And, they, and it's called the I think the Night of the Monster Man. It's not a bad event. I, I've read it. It's not terrible. I mean, if you, I mean, it's an event book because there's a whole lot of big, you know, big dumb action. Um, <laughs> it's not. Bay. It's not terrible. Yeah. Well, we like. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh yeah, Michael Bay would be an awesome director for the Night of the Monster Man. Yeah. But but it, it, but the set the setup's not great. I mean, yeah, it's, they, but, they, but it they, doesn't ruin anything. Yeah, they could have not had that in there because it just confused me, not knowing that that was going to be a future event. I thought that was somehow tied into Professor Strange. So I guess I was attributing more of the stuff going on to him than was actually happening. Happening, yeah. I think uh, it's like I a think, really small part of it. Yeah. yeah when I when I when I first read, it, I thought they were talking about Gotham and Gotham Girl. That they I, were I thought most. they were going that way too. I thought that was another option. Yeah. I, I uh, thought it was like a hint. We're supposed to say like, yeah, they're gonna go sideways. Get ready, you know. Yeah, get right. ready, yeah. Uh, well, I only had a couple things I wanted to point out on the story. Uh, for one, they got me with the flashback on issue three. I'm like, are we getting another rendition of Batman's parents dying? I was like, this is this is another. I get to watch uh, <laughs> Even Martha get her pearls broke again. Yeah, and then Batman swoops <laughs> in. I was like, oh, it's not. Uh, so, like you said, that was a real good parallel with how Gotham got started and how Batman could have went that route. Uh, and then also I thought this story really highlights uh, how hard it is to stay good in Gotham. Like, I don't know how Batman has, has made it the, the years that he's made it in this story without, you know, being corrupted. Uh, you yeah, remember when Superman came over in uh, Injustice, he was there for what? A day fighting the Joker, and then he goes evil. I Gotham and Gotham Girl are there for like three days. Guess what? They've turned evil. Like, how does Batman <laughs> stay in Gotham for years and years and still be a good guy? So I thought that was kind of cool because as soon as I saw them going bad in, in you know three issues and they're bad, I'm like, oh, this is just like when Superman went bad when he came to Gotham. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, but yeah, I thought that was fun. And then, uh, and I really thought Gotham City itself played a pretty big role in the story because if, if, if they really just highlight how grimy and dirty that city is and how bad it is to the citizens that live there. Uh, mm-hmm. And you see some people are able to rise above it like Batman. Uh, and then you see other people try and it, it just pulls them back down in the muck. Uh, so I, th- I thought the city itself played a pretty big role in this story. And, and, and two, it kind of heightened that when, um, when Gotham has went bad and he tells Batman, you can't save this city. It, it it can't be done. And Batman just goes, I know. Yeah. I mean, that just shows he knows he's fighting a losing fight, and he's and he still hasn't turned. He hasn't compromised yeah. his own principles, and he's. I mean, it may, it makes it even more heroic what he does in that. Yeah. Movie. For sure. Um, my my last thing I want I want to real I really want to highlight is the epilogue. I thought it was really good. I felt like I think it makes up for how poorly Scared Claire is written in issue five. Because it's yeah. just so, she just keeps saying, I'm scared, I'm scared. Over and over and over, it was a little annoying. And then the epilogue, we see how it plays out. And we see what it actually, how that would actually work. And it, it it's better written there. Um, but I just love that they had an epilogue. Because so many of these stories are the big blow up, it ends, and then it just ends in the next issue. They just start with like, the next story. And there's no, there's no ramifications, there's no impact. I, th- I think every story should have an epilogue. I mean, I'm for it. I mean, I'll, I'll pay an extra dollar an issue. <laughs> Just yeah. to get an epilogue, you know, I, I, you know, double size your epilogues. I don't care. I love seeing the impact that these events have on these characters. I love seeing like what what it does to them to to see them reflect on these things. Um, 
I, I I love it, and I wish we got this more often. But and it, it so it was really well written. But I just I want more of that in in superhero stories, especially on the big events. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many things have we read where it's just like big, epic, world changing, should be soul scarring events? It ends. The next issue is like happy go lucky. Everything's brand new. I'm like, well, no, it wouldn't be. There's no way it would be. Right, yeah. especially with. Gotham girl, her power, she's got the same powers as her brother Gotham had, and he was able to take out the entire Justice League. You know, she's mentally damaged from Psycho Pirate getting in her head. You can't just leave that, oh, you know, you know, Duke gave her a hug. She's good now. Let's just roll on. Like, there needs to be something with her to wrap that up. You can't just, next volume, just pretend like she didn't happen. Or she's not yeah. just still floating around with that power set. What, how jarring would it have been if the next issue was like her and Duke on their first date just hanging out and she's happy go lucky and everything's fine and there's no no impact from her having to murder her own brother having psycho pirate you know destroy her emotions I mean it feels like too often that's how it works it just reset and roll and there's actual consequences to what happened I, I really dug that yeah alright ready to move on to art yep. let's do art right, Sam go I gotta go first for once on art it's been a while and it really not has. Yeah. And you know, it's not a bad one for me to go first on because I did. I enjoyed all this art. I thought it had great color. Uh, I liked the backgrounds on it. Uh, the fight scenes were easy to follow. Uh, you know, I, I really liked the fight scene art. Uh, all the superhero poses, I mean, they killed that. I mean, everybody had at least 10 poses they was doing. And then the, the angry faces. Everybody had an angry face in there, too. And I liked it, especially Gotham. Gotham had some really cool angry faces when he turned. But, uh, you know, I really didn't have nothing bad to say about it. I, I, the page layouts were cool, a bunch of full-page stuff. I mean, it was it was good. Like, you won't hear me nitpick about it. I know Jamie does, but I'm interested to see what you got to say about it. I've got a few. Um, but I, before we get to any nitpicks, I love the redesigned bat suit. Yeah. Um, I, instead of having the whole big bunch of yellow with a little bat like logo on it, having that the the big bat logo with the little line of gold around it. I think it looked really cool. Um, they changed the uh, the cape too. Like the cape is not just on his back. It's like it's like made on the front and like it wraps. Like it looks cool. It wraps around his shoulders. Um, I love the shorter ears, man. Uh, yeah. it, it it he looks meaner and tougher with the short ears. The big crazy Tim Sale tall ears. Just, he just looks crazy. Um, so I like, I like a lot of the redesigns look cool. I, li- I like that. Um, Duke Duke's, you know, we only see it for like a second, but Duke's outfit looks cool here. Mm-hmm. Um, Still there's bright, a few yeah. of the redesigns I don't like though. Um, but hey, Josh, if you have anything else positive to say, go ahead and then I'll, I'll unload my nitpicks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. This is one of my favorite Batman suits. I think I'm, I'm a big fan of the shorter ears. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't too overdone. He didn't look like he was in an Iron Man suit where it was all riveted <laughs> together and stuff, you know. But yeah. it wasn't just like a skin-tight jumpsuit. Like, it had some seams and some stuff to it. So, I really like the suit. Uh, I like the purple in the cape. When he was diving off the buildings and stuff, you could see the purple on the inside of the cape. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and, yeah, like like you said, Sam, the action was really good and dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Batman's, like you said, throat kicking Gotham from out of the panels. <laughs> it's good. It looks yeah. good. Uh, the uh, uh, the color too. Like I said, Gotham looks gritty and grimy and dark. Like there's the art brings the mood this has, kind of morose a little bit, and you can see how people would get cynical there. Like it just that the art gives you that vibe of what Gotham is. Then uh, I only really had kind of one nitpick jamie then i'll let you unload on this thing if you've got a, a list of them there is uh when, when when we got to the epilogue i feel like the main inker or something changed or the main penciler the, the, the it's artist, like a, yeah. it was almost like a completely different art style it, it was it, it, w- it was still good uh, i like that art style I like both styles it, just, it was a little bit jarring it pulled me out because the epilogue takes place i guess after a little bit of a time jump and it was a completely different art style so it, it kind of pulled me out just a little bit of the story uh but that, that's really the biggest complaint I had in the art was just that big change from the first five to the epilogue. It was it was like a completely different style. Uh, yeah, yeah. Other than that, everything they, else was good. Yeah, David Finch does the the five issues of the main sto- story, and then Ivan Rice, the guy who did the Aquaman story that yeah. we just read, mm-hmm. yeah. he, he did the epilogue. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, it was good. It was just it, it, it was a pretty big changeover from the first five. It was a different yeah. style. Um, 
Okay, uh, I got a couple of nitpicks that just annoy me like crazy. I despise the new Batmobile. Uh, oh yeah, it just it looks awful. I mean, we we need to just bring the tumbler in. Yeah, it was uh, way too skinny. It way was, too skinny, too long. Like, there's no there's no corner in a big city that that would go around. Especially those <laughs> tight little streets that Gotham has. There is no corner in that city that that car could go around. Was it a was it Batman Returns where he sheds off the two halves and he goes between yeah. the two buildings in a map and it gets super skinny? That's what it looks like all the time. It looks like the trimmed down version from Batman Returns. It's just it looks impractical and ridiculous. Um, but one, and this just bothered me all along until we got to the epilogue. Um, I hate Gotham Girls' skirt. You can't have a skirt that goes an inch below your belt. I mean, it doesn't, yeah. there, there is there is no way that the people of Gotham don't all know what her naughty bits look like. Yeah. Uh, there's not a chance. <laughs> she, she wore a onesie underneath of it. No, not not until Ivan Rice took over. Because there's there's times in the main the main the most main five issues where David Finch shows the thing billowing around and it's all skin all the way up. He does, he shows us every, everything but the private bits. And then when Ivan Rice draws the epilogue, he draws it with bicycle shorts underneath because he's like, man, that ain't right. This young lady <laughs> flashing her stuff to the whole town. It's like I, I ain't drawing that. And then she's got bicycle shorts for the epilogue. Um. And it's just, it's really annoying, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, father of daughters here, you know, I'm super protective of, because she, she's drawn, I mean, portrayed pretty young. That's, her characterization seems like maybe late teens, maybe early twenties. Yeah. yeah. And so she's pretty young. I'm not cool with, you know, that, that level of, you know, stuff for somebody that young. I, I did, I didn't like it. It bothered me. And then I, I really appreciated Ivan Rice putting those bicycle shorts on her. Um, she, she, you know, got unhinged mentally, but like got her, you know, wardrobe figured out. So it just, it just bothered me along. It was like the one thing that kept, every time she was on the scene, I'm like, man, there is no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just bothered me. No. Right. Yeah, I really didn't notice. I didn't look. I agree with those two nitpicks, especially the Batmobile. I was going to let it slide because I liked everything else. Because the suit was so much <laughs> cooler than what I'm used to that I was going yeah. to just overlook the, the crappy Batmobile. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right. And also, Sam already said this, uh, but I just want to second the, the the motion. Finch is great at faces. Just great. Uh, all right. Uh, Josh, characters. What you got? All right. Uh, I, I thought we had some good characters. We had some new characters. Uh, Batman was being all Batman-y like he always is. Uh but he, he showed a little bit of vulnerability. Uh, you saw some, especially, I mean, with uh, issue one, when he's going down with the plane, you see some, you know, insecurities about how his parents would have looked at his life. And then at the end, when he's talking in the epilogue, when he's talking to Gotham Girl. So you, you, you see a little bit more, I'd say, his sensitive side. But uh, he's still Batman. He's still doing his Batman stuff. And I enjoyed that. Uh, uh, Alfred, I thought Alfred was phenomenal. No, I loved Alfred Love in this him. one. He, he was sassy. He was, you know, <laughs> he had the quirks and the comebacks. But then when it came down to he needed to do something, he put on a Batman suit and hopped in the Batmobile and went and, you know, got in the middle of it. So he was, he was, he was down to roll for Batman. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought Alfred almost stole the show on this one. Yeah. Uh, he and then, like uh, Alfred. Yeah, Alfred's cool. It's, uh, Bushimi would be good in that Alfred drill there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm joking. He's, he's never going to be Alfred. Uh, but uh, so Gotham and Gotham Girl. I like their backstory. Their power set was interesting. Uh, I feel like they were setting them up, but I, they just fell a little flat with me. They seemed a little, bar the epilogue with Gotham Girl, they seemed kind of superficial. They seemed like they were just doing stuff and they didn't have a lot going on behind the scenes. You know, the first five issues, four issues, I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm not really into Gotham and Gotham Girl. You know, I think the epilogue saved it for, for her. Uh, but I, I don't think they lived up to their backstory. Especially Gotham Girl, because the only reason she became a superhero is because her brother wanted to be one. Her dad and mom even said that about her. So whatever he's into is what she's into. Right, yeah, she's just along for the ride. Uh, yeah. And I was, it, they're, they're set up. I get it. I see why Gotham did what he did. I totally buy a teenage kid, got rescued by Batman. Batman told him he could be brave, and he wanted to be like him, and he went and got powers. I'm, that's a cool backstory. I'm rolling with that. That's good. But when he comes back to Gotham at the end of issue one and into issue two, he did, they just seem really flat. I, I, I don't really know how to describe it. I just didn't connect with them very much. Uh, 
So I, I, they kind of fell a little flat for me. Hmm. That surprises me. They they really they got me from off the bat. Yeah, like I said, issue five when they Gotham Girl had to come in and take out her big brother, and then the epilogue and stuff. They, I, I was into that, but yeah, the first probably four issues, I was I just wouldn't buy it. I don't know what it was. <laughs> they just turned me off a little bit. Well, that's I, the first I think, time I've been. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think the epilogue was a little bit heavy lifting for me. Um, yeah, it really. I, does. I, I think I think it backfills how good a guy Hank is by how much she's hurt by what happened. Right. Uh, anyway, Sam, what were you gonna say? I'm sorry. I was say, uh, you know, I, I dug it because I think they was trying to build characters for them, them people, because like they come in, they're new heroes. They really don't know how how to be heroes, so they're trying to work and learn through their, I guess newness to it and then batman's trying to help them so i think they was trying to to build a rela- relationship with batman that way trying to help them out and kind of mentor them also so they're supposed to be getting better as the time going that i think that's why i guess they feel flat for you but i thought it was interesting seeing these super powered superhero guys people learning their way how to how to fight crime how to stop crime so i thought i thought they were pretty interesting from the, the get-go too like jamie said but i still i like i liked gotham's reasons for being a superhero but her reasons were I don't stretch. Like, 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 she shouldn't be a superhero. She wanted to be a superhero because it's what her brother was doing. Uh, I, I do want to jump on something that Josh said earlier too. This, this is, I mean, it's only in little drips and drabs. This is one of my favorite Alfred stories. Um, yeah. Tom King writes a good Alfred. <laughs> the uh, I've, I've been distracted a little bit trying to find this a little bit, but it's it's when Alfred puts on the bat suit for a sec, hot second there. And he's doing the little monologue with his with his memories of, of Thomas Wayne, and I, I just the whole the whole thing. I just like what he thought his life was going to be if he had to raise him. You know, a mild life of reading books and yeah. playing board games, perhaps a charity ball now and then. I just I love the sense of humor that he that Alfred has here. It just it works really well. Uh, and, I got every every time is awesome. Yeah. Oh thank God! <laughs> he runs away. Yeah, that that was my first note I wrote on characters. It says characters, and it says Alfred was great. Like yeah. that was the first thing I wanted to make sure I mentioned because yeah, I, I, I think the panels he was in, the scenes he was in, he stole them. Yeah, absolutely. He, he stepped up to the plate for sure. <laughs> and, and Duke had a few good moments, like when he's like when he's trying to comfort Claire, and she's like hugging him. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to comfort a completely emotionally destroyed super being who could rip me apart <laughs> <laughs> rip more off <laughs> yeah i'm scared too <laughs> yeah i mean tom king's you know writing it, it shows through from time to time and i i love that he he apparently has this strange fashion fascination with like the weirdest you know obscure bad guys <laughs> from the rogues gallery like solomon grundy is the most famous one of the bad guys in here. And he's not exactly an A-lister, but we've got Solomon no. Grundy, Hugo Strange. I had never heard of the Psycho Pirate before. Didn't know what that was. Colonel Blimp, Captain Stingaree, Kite Man. Kite Man was a good one. Kite Man got me. I was like, really? Really? <laughs> I love that he runs through, pearls. grabs the brother, just yells, Kite Man, and just keeps running. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I, 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 lo- I love. Apparently, I mean, I would love to have an interview where, they, where he explains like his fascination with like the most absurd people, and uh, and I, I don't know, <laughs> it amused me. Mm. Uh, are we done with the pyramid? I think so. Oh, I've got. Yep. All right, let's give us some awards. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> All right, and these are the things that we dig most in Batman Volume One. I'm Gotham. All right, uh, best cover. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna go for the main cover because there are forty seven thousand variant covers. Um, to page twenty five, and it's for for part one, not not the Rebirth number one, the actual Batman number one, and it's where Batman is, you know, doing his pose off there, and. Actually, they're all doing a pose off. They are, and, yeah, yeah, and it, and it, I think it shows like the because I really like the way that that Gotham and Gotham Girls costumes look old school, except for her tiny, tiny, tiny miniskirt. 
Um, it's got that kind of old school looking double breasted suit looking design for their chest and the way the, the, the cows have the open hair thing, kind of like a 90s Cyclops look. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a, it's a cool looking uh, suit. And then they're all posing before that real um, gothic style building, but you got the plane already on fire and the bat signal. I mean, it's just, there's a whole lot going on there, but it doesn't look too busy. It just looks cool. It does look cool. All right, Sam, what was your best cover? All right, so I've done pretty much the same thing, but I went with issue two, page 47, and they're all doing their pose off against the, the Gothams and Batman on the skyline on the building, doing their pose off. And, and that is the longest her skirt looks in the entire book. Yeah. I think the editors were like, hey, hey, I know it, it's okay if it's little inside, but on the covers, like, I mean, parents are going to see these things, and, you know, if, if a little kid tries to pick this up the shelf, they're going to be, you know, horrified. So lengthen the skirt by By double. By double. <laughs> by double. Yeah, that was that was a good one, Sam. That was my runner-up. I'm glad you picked that one because I like that one. And like then uh, the other campaign. one I liked was uh, for the epilogue on page 133. Batman's looking all evil, and he's trying to uh, he's looming over top of uh, Gotham Girl. She looks super mm-hmm. terrified and beat up. Uh, I just thought I thought that one was good. Kind of puts you in her mindset as she's going forward, how she's just terrified of everything. And you could tell David Finch did that cover and not uh, Ivan Rice because look at that skirt, man. I mean, I hate to harp on one, but it did bother me all the way along. That skirt is maybe an inch long below her belt. That ain't covering nothing. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a cape. The cape comes <laughs> The cape comes down lower. Takes right, down to her knees. All right, I'll stop ranting about that. It just it did annoy me all along. Anyway, uh, best variant cover I've got. Two I struggled with. Um, but I'm going to go with the Batman variant. Uh, Batman number one variant cover by Tony Daniel. It's on page 162. And it's kind of like a juke move a little bit. Because um, it's got Batman looking angry. And he's kind of hovering over the thing. But inside, like the cape and cowl, like the, he disappears. And it just shows like an alley with a kid there. And you, if, before you read the, the issue, you would think that that was just him remembering. Flashing back to his own. Uh, origin story, but it's really it's Gotham, and so no, it kind of shows his... intertwined there. Are you sure? It, if you look down, uh, there's, there's hands there, like there's hand, dead parents, parents in there. His parents' hair and two roses. That's Ellie. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, that's crime alley. It's, it's crime well, alley. Well, it still yeah. looks cool, okay? It yeah, is no, cool. that's that's the one I picked. That's the one I picked too. It's, it's Batman with the Gotham skyline. It's all red, and then opens up, and that's what's inside Bruce. Is what I was seeing. How I seen it. So you look inside Bruce, and you see him as a child. His dad's parents at his feet. Well, I thought it was more clear if it was Gotham's parents, but it still mm-hmm. looks awesome. Yeah. Um, you didn't see the hands. I can see that. But if you yeah. look closely at the hands, you see the hands I, in the true roses. I yeah. forgot they survived, to be honest with you. It's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, they survived. They went back and talked to him. Bruce did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I remember now. He put on his weird little mustache and went yeah. and talked to him. I thought that was another <laughs> little Easter egg. He yeah. said his name was Malone, but calling matches. I, I didn't know if that was something, a reference that I wasn't getting. I was like, that's Sammy would probably know about that. But yeah, yeah I didn't know. Uh, but no, I, I like this variant too. Because uh, yeah. I think it, it, we sometimes forget when it comes down to it, Batman's mentally unstable. He's a grown man that puts on a bat costume and goes around and fights crime in the night. Like, normal people don't do that. <laughs> and I think this just kind of highlights how he never got over his parents' death. I think he's still living in the past. He's still traumatized from that and never actually dealt with the grief of losing his parents. This, this dude's got PTSD, and he's dealing with it by putting on a bat suit and punching people in the face. Like, <laughs> you're not yeah. right. <laughs> you're not. Something's wrong with you. You need some help. Uh... Death by, I mean, uh, grief, grief uh, resolution by pugilism. There you go. <laughs> I like it. It's a revolutionary new theory. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I think it's funny. They were like, they were, they literally were like 50 variant covers. We all picked the same one. Yeah, yeah we did. That was clearly the best one. It all was. Right. All right. Sam, who's your best character? All right. So I, I know we, we kind of bashed him a little bit and all that stuff, but I actually picked Gotham. I like Gotham. I like what he do, was wanting to do. He's wanting to to help the city, to save people, you know, turn the city around, make it a nice place for the people. And he was willing to sacrifice his life, his his lifespan to do that. And then he got he got corrupted and blah blah all this stuff happened to him. But still, he done amazing things or was going to go and do amazing things. I th- I thought he was a really interesting character. 
Yeah, Josh. Crazy. Yeah, that was that was a good one. And uh, I said I, I, he had the noblest of intentions, and it just yep. went all downhill. And Gotham chewed him up, spit him out in about a week, and turned yeah. him into a supervillain that you know was <laughs> trying to kill the Justice League. It took about a week in Gotham. So, yeah. uh, I I've got two wrote down, and I'm going to just Alfred. Pick, yeah, Alfred. That's, I'm going <laughs> I know <Alfred>. you would. <laughs> I had Batman wrote down because I thought it was nice seeing the vulnerable side of Batman and seeing him open up a little bit, but. I mean, Alfred. Yeah, I, I'm going Alfred. I mean, like you say, he stole every scene he was in. He he, he just stole the scene. Right. But Batman, Batman was. I got Batman and Gotham wrote down. But Batman, it's his story. He, he's always going to be one of the better characters. But yeah, I like it, Gotham. It's hard not to pick Batman, and I think that's probably. I think we would all agree if you pick Batman, it's probably a right answer. But yeah. I wanted to go the the less right answer and go with Alfred. That's what I done too. Well, here we go. I'm going to Captain Obvious. I'm picking Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I figured somebody would. Yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I think Gotham was a good answer. I think you're. I think that he, he is a good like noble failure. Um, mm-hmm. and Al- Alfred is. Yeah, Alfred is absolutely a scene stealer though. Um, but I but I think that a lot of the times in Batman books, he gets overshadowed by his own villains. Um, and or or a co-star becomes the feature of the story kind of kind of deal. And, and Batman is just kind of he's like the the pillar who never changes and things just kind of happen around him. Um, but here I really, I really like the way King writes Batman. I love how vulnerable he is. I love that at first, and we see that glimmer of hope in him. Like, yeah, I've got these super powered people that aren't aliens. So I'm not going to be speciesist against them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, he hates Superman for some reason. But anyways, so if but with with them, maybe I can actually change Gotham. So we see the little hope in him. And by the end, when he's admitting to Gotham, that like, yeah, I know you can't save this city. Um, I, I just I, I love the way King writes Batman and the way that that storyline for him plays out. So, uh, all right. So Josh, what's your best panel? All right. Well, I know in the art section I grabbed about the change of art style into the epilogue, but I'm picking a panel from the epilogue. It's uh, page 144. Uh, I guess technically it's panel four. It's kind of the back panel. There's other panels on top of it, but it's Batman standing there on the ledge looking down at Gotham Girl. He's looking. Well, he's Sam shaking his head. What? No, go ahead. I ain't gonna say it. Finish your thought, then I've got a question for you. Okay. That no, that that was my thought. I just okay. I, I like oh, the red cool. eyes. Okay. Yeah, the red eyes. I was asking about the red eyes. He looks like the Terminator there. He doesn't look like Batman. <laughs> I think we're getting it a little bit from her perspective because this is where she's kind of broken Cuckoo. a little bit. So I think yeah. maybe it was supposed to make him look a little more scary and maybe a little more. But she's smiling and going, and now Batman. Yeah, but she's obviously she unstable. Cool. So yeah, but I don't know. I just I, I thought he looked cool up there, and I liked kind of. I, I don't. Know. I thought it was good. No, I mean, I, I I really I really do. I, that was one of um, that was on my short list. But the red eyes didn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. a good one. They didn't detract right. enough for me. Okay, uh, go to page one hundred three for mine. Uh, the, I had a backup in that right next to yours, close to yours, Josh. When she's got the the Colonel blimp guys hat on yeah, just, that was a striking too. image it looked yeah. cool but um my real one is on page 103.1 the bat jetpack that should be ridiculous it should be a panel you can't take seriously but somehow it still looks amazing the bat That's jetpack is my best panel do you think he borrowed that from Catman? <laughs> <laughs> you know first time he busted him he's like yeah no i can do something with that that's yeah. pretty handy. That might be better than just a floppy old cape that I'm holding on to. I get something with some structure here. With my billions of dollars, I can make something good out of that. <laughs> make the one that's propelled. I have both y'all's panels a full page with just a panel over top of it. <laughs> now, my panel Slackers. was maybe about 60% of it took up the page. It was about 60% mine, of the page. Mine was a lot, but I, I, I wanted to give him credit for making the bat jetpack look cool. Because it shouldn't be. It should be ridiculous. And it actually looks awesome. Nah, so Although, my, um, one of my kids did ask, though, if his bottom was on fire. So, Sam, your, your joke was. wasn't... You weren't the only one that think that. Yeah, no. His bottom and legs should have been on fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a hot what was your best panel? Right, so, I actually picked a panel. It's on page 113 and panel 3. And it's when Gotham first lands in the city and he goes, run. And he's got his little angry face with the red eyes. That was, like, really intimidating scary looking face yeah that's that's really good that was yeah, a great was a good one. too. yeah there, so 
looking at that panel makes me ask a question. We we just talked earlier how we thought Gotham Girl was late teens, early twenties. He's drawn a lot of times like he's in his early thirties. I didn't That's, think there was that yeah. big of an age gap when they showed him when they they were both teenagers at the same time. I didn't think he was that much older than her. I thought he was in his thirties, and by the timeline, he should have been like in his early thirties, maybe mid thirties, and she should have been in her late twenties. But they drawn her way younger than him. Yeah, and I thought they, they were maybe like five, six close. years apart in yeah. age, but. There are times he looks like he's, you know, 30s creeping up on 40, and she looks like yeah. she's a teenager still. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, that, I think it was just a problem with the art because he, he does look, I mean, I would guess maybe at the most of that flashback scene, maybe five years difference between yeah. them. The art is consistent, at least like 10 years difference. Yeah, yeah at least once they're adult. Yeah. yeah. So, that, I, th- I think that's just an art problem. Um, I, I think I just want to make him look older, closer to Batman's age is what they were going for. Maybe. They still left her young. Anyhow. Or maybe they just wanted to cast a certain actor that one of us is going to mention, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> next award is Best Dialogue. And I'm going to go to page 149. And it's the sort of the aftermath of the scene Josh was already talking about. And it's where um, Batman, I mean, she, I mean, Gotham Girl is spiraling out of control. I mean, she's still doing good in the city, but she's, I mean, it's getting worse and worse. I mean, she's seeing more and more things that aren't there. She's talking to Hank more and more. She's saying, um, I mean, she's repeating the same joke over and over again. She can't remember if she told it to Hank or not. And so Batman just, you know, stops her and gets and gets her to open up. Um, and I, I don't know if, if I, it's like, it's like three pages worth, like four, four pages, 149 through 152, the whole conversation. But it's especially once he pulls the cowl off and really opens up to her. I feel like it's really good stuff. So he says, my name is Bruce Wayne. When I was 10 years old, a man murdered my mother and father in front of me. Before the police, when the sirens were, and he, you could tell the way it's written, he's struggling to even tell the story. Um, when I could only hear them, uh, I held her, my mother's hand. It wasn't cold, but there was blood on her hand. My father was a good man, but I could never talk. He was very formal. I could always just talk to my mother. She was the only one, the only one. And now then she was, there was blood on her hand. But I just started. I talked, even with the blood, the sirens, I talked. I talked to her. I had to. I still have to. So I, I like the way that plays out, because it makes her feel less crazy. It makes her, it, it's okay to admit that she's struggling. It's okay to admit that she's not over Hank's death. And and Batman just shows like, look, you're, you're not going to be. You just got to deal with it, and it's okay to keep grieving. And so oh, I yeah, just, yeah, it reveals that they're both a little going to be, <laughs> both a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. And if you look Batman's, at that. Oh, go ahead. Now, as I say, if you look at that panel, she's what fourteen. They drew her there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, she looks yeah, like Harry Kelly from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, wait, wait, yeah. All right, uh, Sam. What was your best dialogue? I so said my best dialogue was a guy overconfident. It's on page one hundred four through one hundred five when that uh, I think it's a Colonel. I'm pulling it up now. Was talking to Amanda Waller. Uh, so let's be honest, Amanda. We don't actually have to worry about him. He's not going to connect this incident with us. And even if he did, the site isn't on any of our books. He can't find us. And in the, even through a miracle, he did. We're on. We're a mile below Gotham, a mile con- of concrete, steel vaults, and the best security the U.S. can buy or blackmail. She was lame. I got six blockbuster-level guys guarding the, just the door alone. The Batman isn't going to touch us. Lane, the Batman is behind you. And then Batman <laughs> just smashes his head into the wall. I love that whole thing. He was like rambling about how good he had place protected and then there he was. Uh, and Walter wasn't even wasn't even too worried about it. She's like, Yeah, he's yeah. here. I like that one. That was a good that one. That was a good one. Yeah. All right. Well we're gonna go back uh to page seventy five for my best dialogue. And it's when uh, Batman has rescued uh, young Gotham from the mugger. And uh, he gives him that little bit of wisdom. Uh, He says, an ambulance is on the way. This is Batman talking. He says, you're not hurt, but let them check you. After they leave, you're going to be scared. Scared for a while. And that's fine. Be scared. Everyone gets scared. But remember, all that means is everyone gets the opportunity to fight that fear. Everyone gets the chance to be brave. And that just plants the seed for Gotham to say, "Wow, I can be like Batman. Batman you know, yep. I, I can, I can be brave, and I can do that." And uh, you know, it didn't turn out well for him, but he tried. <laughs> I, I've got a question though. Is that like mm-hmm. a canned speech that he gives like fifteen times every night? I was going to say <laughs> probably. 
<laughs> he practices yeah. in front of a mirror before he goes out every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was... But it didn't feel like off the cuff for sure. It felt like he said that more than once, probably. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's good advice to give somebody yeah. who's got mugged. I mean, he's like, I deal with this stuff all the time. It's okay. You can be scared. <laughs> I can see somebody like, you know, that old chestnut. Hey, Batman, you got something from mugging last week, too. Like, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this one before. You got something new? <laughs> That was a good one. All right, Sam, you complained about our panels being full-page spreads. So what was your full-page spread? So for my actual full-page, I went with page 126. It's when the Justice League just shows up, and there's another superhero pose-off. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's almost Jim Lee-level pose-off. Yeah, it really is. Like, literally everybody. <laughs> All right. Josh, as long as I picked it. Uh, are there two Green Lanterns back there? I'm not up on the yes. Green Lantern world. Are those both Green Lanterns? Okay. Yeah. Both Green Lanterns. Those are some uh, of my favorites. That's Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. They're in okay. a spinoff series called Green Lanterns. They're they're both new and untrained, so they made them be partners. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Twice the damage they can do, since neither one of them know what they're doing. Uh, so we're going to go back to uh, page 52 from my full page spread. It's when Superman is one arm flipping Solomon Grundy over his head. Yeah. I thought that was a really good one. As soon as I saw it, and I was like, that's my full-page spread. I went ahead and just wrote it down in my notes and didn't look back. It's, it's like he uppercutted Grundy in the stomach and just carried it all over, over his head. Yeah. yeah like it's perfectly it was one of my backups. Yeah. It was one of my backups, too, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, I, what I never understand, though, is Solomon Grundy. I just saw Gotham you know, kicking 300 feet into a building and break a building in two with him or something. Superman body slams him one time just with momentum of his own weight, and it knocks him out. <laughs> I don't understand why that knocked him out. Yeah, Batman, sorry. I don't understand why that knocks him out. Solomon Grundy. He understands leverage and geometry, and he's Batman. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Molecules and things of that sort. (laughs) Other other things I can barely define. Um, So mine is on page 62, and it's just one of those cool pose things. Um, They're coming out of the sky. Gordon's getting too much of a good look at Gotham Girl. What page? Um, 62. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's the Gotham's in front of the the bat signal, and it just it look it just looks cool, and it, I think it really shows how cool Gotham's outfit is and how old school looking it is, because mm-hmm. he's got he's got the big old school looking boots. That I, I just I, I love the way his outfit looks. Uh, it looks like he's out of the fifties. Yeah, I think that's what I, the air I'm looking for there. Yeah. But it just looks awesome. I don't have a great reason. It just looks cool. It does look cool. Uh, all right, last award is the best. It got a little dusty in the room moment. Uh, Josh, tell us what the right answer is. Right answer, page 44 and 45, when Batman's riding the plane into the ocean and he's asking Alfred if he thought his parents would be proud of him and if he's dying a good death. And, uh, yeah, that one punches you right in the feels, seeing Batman <laughs> unsure and scared. Is, I liked it. Yeah, the um, the one the moment that gets me there is... Uh, would they have been proud? You know, mother and father, would they have been proud? And, you know, it, it gets me. All, all that he's done, and that shows like the, the reason he's still doing all of this is for them, um, which is not emotionally healthy. Um, but, you know, you can understand it. And it just I, it gets a little dusty every time I read this book. And this is like my third or fourth time reading it. And every time it gets me. And I, and I know it's going to do it before I turn the page, and it still does it. <laughs> That the one you picked too? Yeah. yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm I'm just backing him up. Okay, no, yeah, well, that's a really good one too. And I, I my pick is on the it's at the end. It's at page like 132. It's when uh, Gotham Girl squishes her older brother like a little bug, and then she's talking about I tried or tried. I just felt had to kill a sibling. You know, that'd be really hard to do. So I, I could see that one be a tearjerker. I'm glad it would be hard for you to do. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> For some siblings, harder than others, I guess. Yeah, some, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to know which one I am. Um, <laughs> y'all want to cast this thing? Let's cast yep. it. Alright. Uh, Gotham. Um, I struggled with Gotham, but I have to go first. Um, I'm going to go with a weird one. Um, I'm casting him a little bit younger than they draw him, because he should be. I'm going with Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, he played Han Solo in the uh, Solo movie. He kind of has the look. He'll need, he'll need some of Chris Evans, you know, chemical enhancements. But yeah. he kind of has the look. 
That's all I got. So, Sam, go ahead. Rescue me. All right. So, I, I really, I mean, this is a hard one to cast for because he's got kind of got this middle-of-the-road, I ain't say, like, normal superhero look, you know. So, he, he kind of looks like just your regular average guy just on steroids. But I went with Zac Efron. I really want to see him be a superhero. That's I a really good see that. I really see him as Gotham. And he can play Unhinged well. Yeah, that's a really good one. I'm glad you picked that because that was one of my slashes I had. I had two for Gotham, and that was I one think, of them. Sounds. Yeah, I think Thanks. Zach Efron's really the, the right answer, yeah. unless somebody else wows me. Yeah, no, it's, that, that, that was my first pick. I had a backup for that, so I'll go with my backup. Uh, I do want to mention, though, there were so many times he looked like Aaron Eckhart. But yeah, he's way he too old. That's, way I, get, I kept seeing that. Or Michael Fassbender sometimes when he was doing his angry face. I thought there were some John Hamm moments too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's got the, it's, it's, it's an odd look for right. a superhero. Yeah. But, uh, well, my, my backup besides Zach Efron was uh, Josh Hillman. Uh, he plays uh, Striker in the younger X-Men oh, yeah. Yeah, generation. That's a good one. He's 6'2". Yeah. He's kind of a big, big dude. Uh, he's okay. got that kind of superhero face, so I, th- I thought he would do good for it. He's about the I'm, right age. I'm giving the win to Sam, though. Zach Efron, that was a really good call. That's a good one, yeah. All right. Uh, Gotham Girl. Sam, can you can you steal another one? I think I can because, you know, since I picked Zach Efron as Gotham, so I'll pick somebody who could be like a younger sister to him, and I wanted their ages to be closer, so I went closer to his real age. I went with Emily Van Camp. She's from revenge tv show she was in the couple of captain america movies and avengers movies she was uh carter's niece i think is who she was she played shannon carter she was in yeah the, yeah she's got that blonde kind of young looking face she's older than you think though i know she is she's, she's right. really close to zach's age but she looks like she could be four or five years younger okay. maybe it took a while to buy their powers who knows yeah yeah yeah, they trained for a while. They didn't All see right. how long that training montage was. All right, Josh, <laughs> who's your golfing girl? Well, I went because uh, uh, Josh Hillman was my backup for Zac Efron. They're both, I think they're 33 and 34. So I went somebody, tried to stay a couple years younger than that. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce the last name, I'm sure. But uh, Kara Delevingne, she played the Enchantress in Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. That's a really good one. I think she could play the unhinged bit in the epilogue pretty well. Uh, but I could see her doing the Gotham Girl in the first couple yeah. issues as well. She's been in several movies. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay really young. Those aren't bad picks, guys. But I'm telling you the right answer. Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, she's in the Queen's Gambit right now. Is what um, she's really famous for at the moment. But she was Oliana in The New Mutants. She was in Split. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about. She is just an amazing actress, and I think she, the the emotional moments in here, I think she would just destroy. Yeah, she that's a good one. Yeah, she she would have been a little bit young for to be at the the wrong age range. Well, it's probably something with with Alden Ehrenreich. I was trying to go a little bit younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no, you, you know that works. Yeah. She's she's a good pick. Yeah. All right, that's a win for me. Uh, next is Duke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Josh, who's your Duke? For Duke, I got uh, Chance Perdomo. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he plays uh, in the uh, new uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. He plays her cousin. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about, that's a, I didn't think about him. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. Man, he looks the part. He's yeah, he got does. The look. He's yeah. pretty athletic. I mean, he's he's, he's kind of a little bit on the thin side for superhero, but I think Duke's... So not Duke, normally yeah. muscle yeah. man. So yeah, I think he Duke's he's lean. a good actor from what I've I've saw him on Sabrina. That's that's all I've watched him on. But he's he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's a good one. Never seen Sabrina, but whatever. Um, <laughs> he he certainly looks the part. Um, I went with John Boyega. I just like him. Uh, <laughs> and there there's a couple of uh, scenes here, and I think part of it is is the way Duke has those the the thing shaved in the side of his head. It reminded me of the the hair that John Boyega had in the second Pacific Rim movie. It was just yeah. like almost the exact same thing done to his hair, and I was like, it kept maybe I, I kept picturing him in Pacific Rim all the way through. And so I'm not sure he's right, but I couldn't get it out of my head. So <laughs> John Boyega. So so I'm winning so far. Who you got? Yeah, I think I think you won this one. I'll tell you mine. I don't know if anybody will know him. He's got a, a pretty famous name but it's not who you think it is it's denzel whitaker i thought it was gonna be like force whitaker's son or something but it's not but it's a 
he's from Black Panther and the Purge TV show. I've I've, I've actually never seen him in anything. He just looks the part. He looks. He like was him. in the Great Debaters too. Yeah, the Great Debaters. Uh, he's too old to be Duke, but he's a good actor. I, I think Josh stole that one. Yeah. All right. Josh for the win. Yeah. All right. Hugo Strange. Guys, you don't even have to say yours. Ron yeah. Perlman. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. All right, we can just move on. No, we can't. <laughs> that's a really good one, though. Yeah. That was my... Uh, either him or Anya Taylor-Joy, I, I thought were my base picks. Yeah. You got Sam. All right, Sam. Uh, no, that's a really good one. I'm I'm trying to decide right now. Do you want me to go and see if you see if I got yeah. one? Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna, I don't want to say it. I, I use him a lot. He he plays a bad guy whale. He's got a very distinct voice. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. I, I seem, if I'm not mad him, at Jeff Bridges. I, I like him. Obadiah Stane. Just look at his Obadiah Stane there. That's why I kept it's the it. facial hair and the bald head yeah. you can't see. It is. It, it, yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. All right. I mean, Ralph Furman's right. good at it, but I still like Jeff Bridges. He's a great actor, and I just kept seeing Obadiah Stane every time I seen him. Yeah. Well, I, I I got sucked into the same kind of trap. I saw somebody else, and I could not get it out of my head. Uh, if you remember Men in Black 3, the bad guy, I forget uh, the character's name, but it's Jermaine Clement. He had mm-hmm. the glasses. He, I, just, I just could not... Get it out of my Could head. Check it, yeah. Yeah. Men in Black <laughs> 3. I forget the villain's name. I'm the guy right from now. the Flight of the Concords? Uh, let, me, let me pull that make sure you're looking I, at the right person here. That's less of a good pick than you think it is, uh, I think. It, I've, never, I've never seen anything but funny. I'd have trouble. Yeah, no, that was him. Yeah, look. Uh, do some, have you saw Men in Black 3? No. Okay, you should look. Yeah. He played Boris. Boris. Boris the animal. That's right. That's who it was. Look, just, look him up as Boris. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just, I've only ever seen him do like completely over the top ridiculous stuff. And so. Okay. Yeah. Check, yeah, check him out just, as Boris the animal. Okay. It's, it looks exactly like this guy. No, yeah. You're not wrong. I remember. And a lot of comedians are good actors. And so it wouldn't stun me if he could act. But uh, anyway, so uh, next is Psycho Pirate. And Sam, who did you uh, pick for this obscure weirdo? I mean, just somebody does obscure, just off the wall, crazy stuff. I can't. I don't know how you say his name. Cillian Murphy or Killian Murphy, however you want to say it. Just love him. He he's got he's got that persona. He can do the crazy guy so well. That's uh, not bad. He's already been Scarecrow though. I know he's been. What? This is not Scarecrow. I'm recasting him. This is my movie. <laughs> Similar kind of power set though. <laughs> Same effect. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I, mean, I, I just I, I don't know. I, just, I like he does that creepy villain vibe so well. I, it's hard not to cast him for that role. All right, Josh, who you All got? Right. We may have to do a little bit of time machining. Uh, I think this might be a sneaky good pick. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Mm, he was in Tombstone. Sam. He was the. You know who this is, thing. Yeah, you know, um, he was uh, Sandman in the terrible Spider-Man 3. He was Lyle from Wings. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, Lyle, yeah. Yeah. Got Lyle a gun from, that's the reference you got, Lyle from yeah. Wings. That's, <laughs> well, he's um, he older than stone. you think, though. Yeah, he's yeah. 60. So I said, we may have to time machine him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. We saw Psycho Pirate. We never actually saw his face. We saw four pictures of him. <laughs> we yeah. never actually saw him outside of a mask, so. All right, well... I, I had, tr- despite his impact on the story, I had trouble taking Psycho Pirate seriously. So I was like, let's go ridiculous. I don't, I don't want somebody like Cillian Murphy's too genuinely scary <laughs> to be yeah. Psycho Pirate. <laughs> like it's, it's too much. That's too, that's too much of an actor for this role. You could bring le- uh, legit to he this would, uh, character with him. Yeah, he would bring the scary. I wanted the ridiculous, and so I, I, I want to lean into the ridiculous. I'm going with Alan Tudyk. So I want him to just be Alan Tudyk all over the place and just yeah. make it ridiculous and funny. I thought about casting him for that, but then I was like, nah, maybe not. I just, I mean, it was bad enough before he got his full costume on. Then it was like, I just, dude, I can't, I can't take you seriously. Your power set's amazing, but yeah, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> all right. Uh, our last okay, one is man. a man. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Amanda Waller. Uh, Josh, who do you have for Amanda Waller? Uh, okay, this is my one pick I was the, the happiest with. I think I won this one. Uh, Denai Guerrero, Michonne from The Walking Dead. Oh, that's a good one. Good one. 
She yeah. brings a lot of intensity. I can see her not being afraid of Batman. and She's like really it. good at the, the, at the stoic strength kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I could just see her That's sitting there and having people yell at her, and she's just not even flinching an eye and then coming back at them. Like, I, I think she'd be really good at that. I, I went uh, with somebody I wanted to see to just basically sass Batman. Um, so I'm with Alfre Woodard. I, I don't know that one. Yeah, you do. You just Tell don't, can't remember. You're not placing her. Alfre Woodard. Uh, she was in Star Trek First Contract. Uh, contract. Contact. Um, she was in Civil War. She was the one that gave uh, Tony Stark sass there. Uh, oh, she yeah, was in Scrooge. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. She, she, was, a, she was Mariah in Luke Cage. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about now. Yeah. I, I could I could just see her. I wasn't going more for the attitude. I just, I, I would love to see her just be surly with Batman. Yeah. And I think she would kill. Well, she'd kill that. That'd be a good one. So I went with the same thing with that. Her name is Tahara P. Henson. She was in Hidden Figures, Hustle and Flow. She's been in all kinds of other stuff. Just. Yeah. She's good at the sass kind of deal. Yeah. I can see put her in a business suit and just giving it to Batman. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> um, Amanda Waller, the, the attitude is really important. Yeah. You've got to have somebody to have that. Like, I'm completely in control, and I've got an attitude about it. And I'm not I, taking junk off anybody. I think all three yeah. of us killed that one. I, yeah. I think they nailed it in Suicide Squad, though. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I forget the lady's name. that does, she, she was spot she was on. Good. Yeah, that was real good. All right, guys. That was a pretty good episode there. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Wish the grades had been higher. Shame you were wrong. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Get Affleck out. I know. I just really like this story. Anyway, um, I'm a Tom King homer, too. I know yeah. there's fewer and fewer of us in the, in the world, but I'm still a Tom King homer. Um but so our next episode is going to be a listener request, and I don't have the summary pulled up. My bad, guys. Uh, but uh, about 300 years ago, uh, my buddy Sammy requested that we review Sandman. And I have put it off and put it off and put it off because I'm not a Neil Gaiman fan. Um, but we're finally going to go through with it because my brothers are, are good men and wouldn't let it go. And if a listener requests something, they want us to do it. We do it. So we're reviewing the rules. So we're reviewing Sandman. Um, we're but we're gonna do Volume One Preludes and Nocturnes. And um, okay, I'm gonna read the summary now because I finally got it pulled up. I can stop vamping. This first like on the third paragraph, really. Yeah. It says an occultist attempting to capture death to bargain for eternal life traps her younger brother Dream instead. After his 70-year imprisonment and eventual escape, Dream, also known as Morpheus, goes on a quest for his lost objects of power. On his arduous journey, Morpheus encounters Lucifer, John Constantine, and an all-powerful madman. All right. Um, we'll, get, we'll get into it. Um, it's an interesting summary. I've read the first issue. I didn't... Um, I liked it better than I thought I would. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll see. So next time we'll be uh, reading Sandman. Uh, guys, I think we're done here. I think so. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Later. Good night. See ya.